0: chapter 2 verse 1 he says and the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there and both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage and when they wanted wine and the mother of Jesus said unto him they have no wine and Jesus said unto her woman what have I to do with thee How many you know I ain't never in my life talked to my mama like that right there? (laughs) Y'all can laugh. Because I promise you, if you talk like your mama like that, you may not have a set of lips on your face either. Amen? (laughs) Mary was probably like, go ahead and crucify him. Okay, woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother said unto the servants, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. I mean, know that's important to what Jesus tells us to do. Whatever he saith unto you to do it. And there were set there six water pot, pots of stone. And after the matter of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. I don't know what firkins is, but it's in there. Uh, Jesus said unto them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them to the brim. And he said unto them, Draw out now, and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. And when the water of the feast had tasted that it was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, and the governor of feast called the bridegroom. And he said unto them, Every man at the beginning doth set good forth good wine, but when men have well drunk Then which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. And the beginning of miracles, this is the beginning of miracles, did Jesus in Cana of Galilee, and it manifested forth his glory. And his disciples believed on him. Can we read that together, verse 11? This beginning of miracles, did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and the disciples believed on him i, I want to do i want to start this off this week with uh, with a note uh, about serving today if i can get my notes open here but i want to teach you on something called miracles in the hands of the servants miracles are in the hands of the servants Look at your hands for me real quick. How do you know you're looking at hands that can produce miracles? Put your fingers out for me. For the most part, all of us should have five fingers, right? I'm not being funny with that, I promise, because I know sometimes accidents happen and whatever. But a lot of times when a baby comes out, we want to count five fingers and five toes, right? Put them back out for me again. The number five always represents a place of grace. How many know everything you put your hands to do, God gives you grace to do it? Everywhere you walk, God gives you grace to go there. And can I tell you something? You ain't even going to have enough power and anointing in your hands, but God's going to give you grace to see miracles in your hands. Good God. I feel that from the beginning. Everywhere you walk for God, he's going to give you grace to go there. Let's pray. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you, God, for your anointing this morning. Father, I thank you, God, for the worship, God, God, that began to flow so powerfully in this place. Father, I thank you, God, because, God, you are a powerful God, a wonderful God, God, an awesome God, and we give you praise this morning. Father, God, I thank you, God, in advance, God, for what you're going to do in this place. Father, I thank you, God, that every word that's spoken becomes tangible, becomes tangible, something that we can touch, God. God, it's not just some words that go forth, but, God, the seeds become fruit that are tangible. Father, I thank you, God, in advance, God, for the word to become flesh. For the word to become flesh. God, we see it, the supernatural word become natural in the flesh. Father, I thank you in advance. Father, and I praise you, God, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. High five to about two or three people and just tell them there is miracles in your hands. There is miracles in your hands. Amen. As you're being seated, can you put your hands together for the worship team? Aren't they just fantastic? Just absolutely fantastic. Had me in the corner crying like a baby. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much. Um, The Bible says that he says, greater things shall you do than even Jesus did. Greater things shall you do than even I did. Somebody say, I have greatness in me. And the question is, why do I have greatness in me? Because the Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Yeah. I don't care what people tell you, there is greatness inside of you. There is greatness locked up inside of every one of us. And how do you know when you received Jesus and you believe on him and the blood applies, how do you know the secret ingredient unlocks the greatness that is inside of you? There is greatness going on inside of you. he says, greater things shall you do than even I did. And I want to say this to you, that Jesus did not perform miracles as the Son of God. But he performed them as a servant. Because if we put it in context that Jesus did it as the Son of God, it excludes me because I'm not the Son of God. It excludes you because you are not God incarnate. But he came as a man in the form of humanity. And he did things not in the context of the power of his authority, but he did it in the context of a servant. Somebody say a servant. He showed us these different things. that He showed us that as a servant, that is where his power remained. It is in his servitude. He said, I did not come to be served, but I come to serve. But could, could you imagine that? Uh, no matter how you feel about President Obama, he's still the president. And if he would show up in this room right now, number one, regardless of how you feel about him, I guarantee respect would come in your demeanor because of his authority, because of his position. His position gives him authority. His position gives him respect. Respect. But could you imagine if he came in here, and rather than wanting to be served, he comes in and says, how can I serve you? How can I serve you? How can I not just speak with my ability and say, servicemen, make this happen, or get other people. But he says, I will come in physically with my hands, my feet, and how can I serve one life? (laughs) How do you know we'd all be shocked? Right. So here Jesus was the Messiah, the savior, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the son of God that came and sat from the right hand of the father and came and came to this earth and said, I don't want to be served. But my God, how can I serve you? He came and he began to my goodness gracious, I'm trying not to preach this, but I feel this down in my spirit this morning. How he said, How can I serve you? And we see this that he would come to the disciples and he would wash their feet, he would feel he would wash their feet. And that it's a customary act that when people would travel the dirty, dusty roads, how I many you know they're not driving in Fords and Cadillacs and, and Chevrolets and, and Mercedes and Mazdas and they but but they, they didn't even get off the KRT, but they rode there on a donkey or they walked there and their feet were dirty, it was the lowest part of them. And they would take the servant of the house and they would meet them at the door. And the servant of the house would wash them so that they may be clean coming into the house. But yet Jesus said, no, 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 that's not just for the servant, but I am the servant. My goodness. And he came and he took off his place of his robe and his towel and he got on his knees and he began to wash their feet. The lowliest of jobs, Jesus came and he washed their feet because he was coming as an example. He was coming as one to show us that, listen, yes, his robe was a place of authority. His towel was a place that held all things together. It was a thing that held his authority together. And he stripped himself of his authority. He stripped of himself of the thing that said, this is what holds me together. And he said, I'll wash you with my authority. I'll wash you with my authority. That's why he had a heart for the woman that washed his feet. Oh, my good God, with his tears. I just want to stop and interject this in my notes, but can I tell you something? You should wash Jesus' feet with your worship, my good God. Yeah, there should be something inside you that said, my tears will pour out, and I can't even stand on my feet, but I've got to get on my knees, and I've got to get on my face and lay prostate before him, and I've got to stay and say, I will worship you with my tears, because it is my act of worship. Can I tell you something? Your worship is an act of is an act of servitude that you say God I've got to worship you I've got to pour out myself that God it's not just because the song is good but because you are good it's not because the song is good but because you are so good and I will pour out myself to you and so Jesus would come and he would pour out himself as a servant He would take everything that makes him in his authority. He would take everything that ties him together. And he would do it because he was showing us that the example. He would show us that my power is not in my position. But my position should show you how low of a servant I should get. Can I tell you something? I was taught this when we were going through ordination. If you've been through ordination in the Church of God, one of the greatest things, I can't tell you, I got a ton out of it, but one thing I did get, and i never forget, was sitting in the class with Dr. Hurt, was they said the higher your position, the lower your servanthood should go. Yeah. That no matter if you become the general overseer of the denomination, you should be the lowliest servant in the place. We did not come and God did not give us titles so that we may be served, but he gave it to us that we may serve other people. Yes, there is the double side of it, that there is honor in serving those that have position and rank and authority in the kingdom. And we should never forget that we should always have a place of honor. Oh, let me just go ahead and dig with this a little bit because I want to real quick. I'll never forget being in Africa And, and, and Bishop uh, Matthews was preaching a message to, there was probably about 600 guys in this church uh, in Maranatha Power Ministries. And he was teaching on the, the heart of a servant. And he's, Elijah was, he was teaching about Elijah. And he said, what you call someone will be what you bring out of someone. He said, if you want Elijah to come out, call me Elijah. But if you want the prophet to come out, call me prophet. He said, what you speak unto that gift. Listen, we've got to get back to the place where no matter how we feel about President Obama, we can't just refer to him as Barack Because Barack don't seem to be doing a good job. But if you put it into the place of I speak as you as president, I put you in the position that I need to draw from you. And the reality is how we speak to someone, that in that place of that, yes, we are called to serve those of higher. And listen, listen, that's why I call Bishop Bishop. Most people call him pastor because he is a pastor to most people. But because I am a pastor, I need him to pastor me as a pastor. So in ranking of Galatians, he says there I should call him Bishop. It's nothing that he requires for me to call, but because I need him to pastor me, me as a pastor, I say I need bishop to come out. I don't need Brian to come out. I don't need I don't need Mr. Matthews to come out. No, I need bishop to speak to me and speak to me as my position. So yet I cannot refer to him as Brian because Brian will not do, but I need to call him bishop, not for a place of honor, but yet it speaks unto me. Listen, I don't care what people call me, but be real careful about calling me rich, because if you call me rich, I can tell you this, that you don't want really rich to come out, because rich sometimes messes up. Rich sometimes makes mistakes. Rich sometimes is in the flesh, but if you say, hey pastor, can I tell you something? It is pastor that you get. You you put me in position that Pastor has to speak out of me, and the the, the anointing of my calling begins to speak out of me into you. Okay, enough of that. So, yes, there's this place of honor. We've got to give honor. We've got to put ourselves underneath someone and say, how can I serve you? But can I tell you something? The higher you get in position, you've got to go lower in who you are. That if, if God places you as a team leader you've got to go lower than your team. If God places you as a husband, you've got to go lower than your family. You understand what I'm saying. And I can guarantee this, you will always see me as Pastor going lower than you. You will see me in the trenches, you will see me sweating, you will see me in the mud, you will see me in the dirt. Not because I have to, but because I choose to. Because if Jesus came to serve, no matter how I feel, or no matter how tired I am, I've got to go lower than everybody else and I've got to dig deeper, not because I've got to, but because I I love to. Oh, Jesus. Jesus did it in the hands of the servants. Say, there's miracles in my hands. He did miracles in his hands. This is not the first time Jesus showed us disciples of this powerful truth. Actually, he had been modeling this his whole entire ministry. We see this in John chapter 2 here. John chapter 2, verse 1. He begins to show us his very first miracle. But Jesus did not perform the miracle, the servants did. We begin to see there that here was the marriage, the, 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 the bridegroom and the bride. And could you imagine this dream of the bridegroom having this dream and all of a sudden the, the marriage beginning to fall. It's like the worst mistake that could ever happen. Bridezilla comes out that day. What are you going to tell me there's nothing else to drink? And the woman goes Crazy. So here comes Mother Mary coming out of the corner. Hey, baby, how can I help you? Just trying to comfort her, just trying to fix her. And Brodzilla is going crazy. What are you telling me? There's nothing else to drink. What are you telling me? There's no more wine. What are you telling me? And she's just beginning to get louder. Mary said, I know who can fix this. Oh, my goodness gracious. I know who can fix this. And so she came to Jesus and she said, Jesus, I need you to fix this because Brodzilla is going crazy. And could you imagine him answering just like he said, "What am I to do with you, woman?" Mary should have smacked his lips off of his face. Because you know, that's what you get when you speak to your mama like that. But the reality is, she wasn't speaking into him as Jesus her son. She was speaking to Jesus, the Son of God, at that moment. She said, "I'm not speaking to you as my baby boy." See see how I go back to that reference of the name? But she said, Jesus, I'm speaking to you as the Savior. And I need the Savior to show up. So he questioned her, woman, what do I do with thee? He said, you know it's not yet my time. You know that it's not yet my season to come out. (laughs) But Mary, through her pushing, Mary, through her intercession, she said, I know it's not yet my time. I know it's not the season for this to happen. But I know that you are a rewarder of those that diligently seek. After me the Bible says that if you ask and you seek and you knock yeah 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 and if you knock hard enough and long enough and persistence enough that even when it's not your time to be healed God just may heal you that if uh, if you knock hard enough he may listen you may not even deserve the deliverance you may not even deserve the restoration but if you just knock long enough if you just persevere long enough daddy can I get the candy from the show daddy can I get the candy from the show go ahead. And just get the candy from the shelf because I just need you to stop with the pushing on me. Have you know you can push on God until He answers you. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, you can push on God till He answers you. Yes, listen. The thing is, sometimes He wants to know will you push until I, till I, till you think you should give up. But sometimes if you will listen, have you ever believed for something to where everybody else around you stops believing? But there's still something inside of you that says, "Oh no, no, no! I will get my miracle." I will get my deliverance. I will see my son or daughter set free. I will see this region turned around for Jesus. I, I will see this church filled up for the glory of God again. And although no one else believes me around me that if I just keep on knocking, saying, "Hey Daddy, hey Daddy, hey Daddy, hey Daddy, hey Jesus, hey Jesus, hey Jesus." And he says, "Finally, what do you want?" I want to tell you you can push on God though he will answer you. He will Begin to answer you. And so we begin to see here, Mary says there, I just, need you to, I just need you to bring wine to the table. That's all, Jesus. That's all I'm needing. And he said, there's no wine here. But he said, there's six water pots that are made of stone. Six is the representation in the word of God of man. That's why we got to be real careful with the number 666 because it means a place of man or anti-spirit or anti-Christ. But this, the, the number six in itself means a place of man. And isn't it funny? He said, bring me six water parts. The Bible talks about, he says there, that, and, and, and Paul, he says, we are all earthen vessels with treasure within. Vessels with treasure within. We are all earthen. And it's ironic that he said, go get me earthen stoned vessels that represent man. He said, go find me six men that are representative and are are willing to, that are willing to, I had a feeling we are going to start having some 11 o'clock folk around here uh, because of our sign. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to tell you we love you. <laughs> I told, Rob told me this yesterday. He said, what are we going to do when people show up at 11 o'clock? Because that starts March 20th. But our sign says, hey, listen, we're going to love you. We're going to love you. Amen. 11 o'clock. All right, so uh, he says, go get six. We got two more weeks. We'll be straightened out. We'll be straight. We'll all be on one page. All right. So six. Somebody say six. He listen. Jesus could have done the miracle himself. Jesus had so much power and authority within him that he could have done it himself. But he said, "I want man to experience what miracles comes into their hands." He said, "So go find me six stones." Have you know when clay is developed long enough it'll turn into a stone. He said go find me ones that are developed. And he said I'm going to pour water into them. Water represents the spirit. Have you know when you get a servant that is filled with the spirit it can it is can do anything. And could you imagine how these disciples felt? These servants felt carrying this water. And Jesus said All he did was bless it. Nothing changed. Nothing shifted. The water didn't turn to wine. All he did was bless it. And he said, now, servants, now, humanity, now, man, after I've blessed it, go carry it back to the master. He said, you go carry it with faith. Could you imagine how them disciples felt walking with that water? And if there's obviously it probably took six of them. So here, Peter, James, John, Mark, Luke was carrying it. And you know, Peter was saying, Dear God, John, we look so stupid right now. We carried the water in, and nothing happened. All he did was bless it, and we're walking back out with the same water. (laughs) And you know Peter could not keep his mouth shut because he felt foolish. He had never seen Jesus perform miracles. He had never seen it happen to that day. And the humanity part of him said, John, I feel stupid doing what we're doing right now. Nothing has changed. Can I tell you something? Sometimes you'll feel foolish serving God. Can I tell you something? You'll stand in the parking lot on a rainy day and look over and Brian will look at Michael and say, Michael, this is really stupid that we're out here. It'll be pouring the snow. And Chris will look over at Michael and say, I am freezing. Why in the world are we out here? Or you'll be standing at a door, and you'll smile at everybody that's coming in that ain't smiling at you. You'll be in a children's room, and you would rather be in service. And all you hear is the babies crying and acting up and throwing things and acting crazy. And you would say, why in the world am I doing this? I feel stupid doing this. Be on the worship team, and I've got to stay after church and practice for hours after being here. I would rather be home taking my Sunday afternoon nap than I would be doing this. Why in the world would we spend all day Saturdays setting up for a natural thing for Easter? I'm tired, I'm hungry, and I turn into my buddy Judah. I just want to go home. <laughs> You just got to know Judah to understand that. Uh, Every hour on the hour, he gives his constant complaint. I just want to go home. And it's loud, and you hear it all across the room. I'm hungry. Can I just get some food up in here? Daddy, I get you get this, but I don't get it. So you begin to think in the natural, why am I doing this to my family? Why, why am I doing this? But yet you continue to carry the water pot. Can I tell you something? No matter how you feel, just keep carrying the water pot. Jesus. No matter what you see, just keep carrying the water pot. Because the Bible said, <laughs> oh, so many times in Scripture, God would say to people, like the, like the ten lepers, He would say, Go back and show the town that you're healed. When they left Jesus, they weren't healed. But the Bible says, as they went, their miracle began to happen. We have created the church and the kingdom to be instantaneous microwave experience. To where I come to the altar once, I want my blessing, I want my finances turned around, I want my healing to be turned around. Can I tell you something? I've been praying for a little girl, my daughter to be healed for nine years, and I've still not seen it yet. It doesn't mean that I won't keep carrying the water pot until I see it happen in my eyes. Because God is still God regardless of if I see it or not. Keep carrying the water pot. Look at somebody beside you and say, keep carrying the water pot. Listen, keep carrying the water pot. As they went, uh, nothing was happening. I can't focus on that enough. Nothing was happening. You don't see, you know, Brian, you don't see what happens in the parking lot when, when everybody's wet and everybody's tired and you're carrying an umbrella just trying to get somebody to the door. They may not even say thank you, but when they sit in dry, when they sit in the service dry, they may not even know your name, but they'll thank you in their heart for what you did. Keep carrying the water pot yeah Michael as a team leader uh, as as a as a as a life group host, you may not understand why you open up your home you may not understand why you pour it out you can't wait for the eight weeks to be over with, but keep on carrying the water pot Rob, you may not understand why you pour out in worship every single week and it may not look like anybody who's worshiping, but keep on Carrying the water part. People at the front door. Sandy and Linda and and and. Don't let me Cheryl. Listen. You may not understand that. People may not say thank you, but just keep on carrying the water pot. For those that clean the church, it may not seem like nobody's telling you thank you. It may not seem like it's a big deal, but keep on carrying the water pot. Because I promise you, as you keep carrying the water pot, oh my good God, the water is going to turn to wine. Oh my God. And when you finally present it before the master, it's going to be the best tasting wine that he's ever tasted before. Can I tell you something, church? I've said it from day one, November 8th we may not be the biggest church in town but we will be the best tasting wine in town that when people pull back the stone they're going to say this is the best wine I've ever tasted and you may not see it right now but there's going to come a day that there's going to be a harvest pouring into this place that's going to say let the wine flow over my life Ah, just keep carrying the water pot just keep carrying Just keep carrying the water pot. Just keep carrying it until it turns to wine. Just keep carrying it until it turns to wine. My goodness gracious. Goodness gracious. Goodness gracious. So many times we are looking for the miraculous power to be in the hands uh, of a title. That if I can just get this person to pray for me, or if I can just get to that person's service. Can I stop right here for a second? This is why that a lot of times there's not real uh, people being saved in the kingdom. and, And there's not just new salvations or new converts. Because what happens is we are looking for the miraculous to happen in what's happening in the hottest church in town. That if I can just get to that church, I'll be happier. If I can just get to that church, my family will all be happy. But can I tell you something? The happiness and the joy is in you picking up the water pot. No matter what place God has placed you in the kingdom. That your place of joy is represented in your servitude. Wine always represents in the in the Word of God. It doesn't just mean hey, go get some charla char I don't know, Merlot I don't know what you call it. Merlot and, and red wine. Don't that's not what that's about. He said it is a spiritual aspect to where wine represents the joy and the provision. And at the party, the joy had ran out. The provision had ran out. And he didn't say, hey, hey, Jesus, you want to go leave and go to the next party, to the next marriage feast where there's joy over there and there's provision over there? No, no, no. He said, hey, servants, go bring me the wine. Go bring me the water because the joy is in your hands. Hmm. The provision is. Is it can I tell you something as far as we will grow in this region will be in your hands as far as we go at one life will be in your hands lift your hands up with me say this there is greatness in my hands there is region say this there is region Taking territory in my hands. There is miracles in my hands. There is power in my hands. There is joy in my hands. There is provision in my hands. So I dare you to give God a praise right there and just give him praise for it. Let me go on with this. Jesus shows us one more time, and I'm going to conclude with this. He shows us one more time that in Matthew chapter 14, that the people, Jesus has been teaching and preaching all day long. The people are getting tired. The people are getting hungry. You ever been there? (laughs) Okay, obviously ain't no church grown-up folk in here. Uh, I remember being young and starving at pews. Oh, dear God. And don't say a word because Mama Spoon's going to come out to my mama had a wooden spoon in her purse that if I complained loud enough, yeah, yeah, I'd get smacked with the wooden spoon. So these kids got it easy. I'd have to set through seven, eight revivals. And I ain't talking about eight days. I'm talking about eight weeks. Yeah, you should swallow. That should make you sigh. You think you got it hard coming to one service a week? Boo-hoo, cried tears. I had to walk up two hills in the snow, barefoot, For eight weeks to revival. (laughs) And when I'd sit there, it wasn't an hour long service. It wasn't an hour and it's good. No, no, no. You didn't sing three songs and you get done. No, they would sing until they were done singing. Whatever that meant. They may sing two songs but a hundred times apiece. They may sing 20 songs, may sing one song. And the preacher preached that he was done preaching. And he was done praying when he prayed for everybody in the building. And they tarried until everybody was healed. And I would get hungry in the pews. And I would sleep underneath the pews. And I would color in the pews. And just like the people sitting in the field... Jesus, where's the fish and the bread? (laughs) Because I guarantee you they felt foolish sitting there. Can I tell you something? Stop living by your feelings in the kingdom. Good Lord. That ain't in my notes, but I'm going to say it again. You can't live by feelings in the kingdom. Because your feelings will always tell you to stop. Stop. Your feelings will always tell you this is too much. Your feelings will always tell you this is a step too far. Your feelings will always tell you this is going too long. It's too hot. It's too cold. This is too long. This ain't right. This ain't, but listen, <laughs> the best place to do is cry out to Jesus because Jesus is going to feed you right there. So here he said, okay, okay, disciples, I hear what you're saying. Uh, how are we going to feed them? Isn't it funny how Jesus says to them, how are we going to feed them?'" Isn't it funny when you go to somebody of authority that you know has the authority to fix it, but they ask you how to do it? Can I tell you something? They're just trying to stretch you. They're just trying to grow you. Because they want you to grow into what you are. Jesus said, I can do it, Peter. I can do it, John. But how are you going to do it? Because I ain't always going to be with you, always. But I'm going to leave you with Power. And I'm going to leave you. Can I tell you something? You ain't always going to have pastor to pray for you at 2 o'clock in the morning. But how are you going to have the authority in your hands to pray for your child that's running at 104 temperature? Peter, how are you going to feed him? Let me, let me just give me five more minutes. I'm going somewhere. I'm going with it. He said, how are you going to feed him? And the only thing they could come up with was a little boy's lunch. Can I ask you a question? If all we had... If our service had been going for five hours, and the only food in the building is your kids, and I ask you for it, are you going to come back next week? I want to say this to you because sometimes I'll ask you for things that will stretch you on a reason. You'll say, we've already gave, why are we giving again? I've already showed up, why are we showing up more? I've already done, why am I doing it? Because I'm stretching you. I'm your trainer, I'm not just your pastor. Give me the five fishes and the two loaves. <laughs> Jesus said, give it unto me and see what I do with it. Let me stop here for another second. This is why Jesus said, don't question me about your ties. just bring it to me. Don't question me what I do with it, just give it. Because it ain't under you what the 10% does, it's under you to give the 10%. Because I'll take your 10% and make it greater than the 90% you got left. Jesus said, I took it, and the amazing thing was, He took the fish in the five loaves, and He did the same thing with the water pots. He blessed it, He didn't break it into pieces. He didn't stretch it. He didn't pray over it, multiply it. He said, I bless it, and I give it back into the servant's hands. And he says, servants, now you go multiply it. You go stretch it. Again, Peter said, this is stupid. This is dumb. This ain't what I thought was going to happen. But as they tore it, it began to multiply. Can I ask you a question? Have you gave unto God your time, your talent, your treasure? And even though it stretched your faith, that he multiply what you gave out in your hands? Is there any witnesses that that in this house? That you know you didn't have more time, but you gave it anyhow, and God multiplied your time. <laughs> you didn't have more money, but you gave it anyhow, and God multiplied your Can I tell you something? As you give to God, God's going to multiply what's in your hands. Jesus, you want your finance to increase, give unto God, and God will give unto you. You want your time to be given back to you, give more to God, and God will give more to you. You can't keep doing what you're doing, and I saw something on Facebook the other day that says, why are you still complaining about being broke, but you never go to church, and you never tithe? I thought that was just great. I thought that was fantastic. Because can I tell you something? If you never change anything, God will never change what he does back to you. Yeah, but in their hands... Oh, my good God. He multiplied what was in their hands. And do you know why he did it? Because at that night, could you imagine that night around the fire? Jesus. (laughs) Could you imagine? They didn't say, Jesus, I love the miracle you did. But could you imagine Peter, the one with the big mouth, that was saying, this is stupid, this is here." But he said, hey, John, as I gave, I fed one, and I fed 10, and I fed 50, and I fed 1,000 in my hands. And he was saying to them, I want to give the power of a testimony in your hands. Can I tell you something? As you serve, you're going to see miracles happen in your hands. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're not going to sit back at a distance and say, I saw pastor do a miracle. But you're going to say, in my hands. In my hands. I saw the multitude filled. I saw them fed. I saw them stretched. In my hands. Can I tell you something? You never have an appreciation for what you don't have a skin in the game over. Yeah, oh, goodness gracious. You know what I found out? Is that People that serve and show up to church early don't, the people, listen, the worship team gets here at 8.30 every Sunday morning. And can I tell you something? If, if, if Rob or Justin or, or Jeremy or, or Jeremiah or, or one of the they hit a bad note, none of them will ever complain about each other because they have skin in the game. And they don't it's someone that comes in at 1005 and don't have no skin on the game complains that the worship ain't right. Yeah. They'll complain that there was paper on the floor. I know I'm being real natural, but let me let me just be natural, okay? Because when you ain't got no skin in the game, you'll complain where you have no responsibility. But when you get responsibility, you say, Look what we did. Yeah, we messed up, but did you see the worship we gave unto God? Did you see when we didn't mess up? Did you see even when we messed up, God still accepted my worship? <laughs> my question is, are you gonna get in the game? I'm gonna challenge you for eight weeks. Listen, I ain't real good at motivating. I'm not real good at that. If you want motivation, turn on Joel Osteen at 830 every single night. I don't know how to smile like that. I don't, I don't got a, a cute little mullet like that. I'm actually losing my mullet in the front. And uh, I don't know how to motivate. All I know how to do is preach and make it tangible. Did everybody get a packet today? If you got one, raise it up. I want to see what you got. you ain't got one what's your problem all right all right if you got one i want everybody to have one um if we can get a couple of us, brian go get some of those and get some pins i want you to open that up with me while we're here this is gonna be our ultra car it's gonna be a little bit different i get it i know it's a little bit different but go ahead and open it up um uh hey you are the golden winner okay <laughs> go on to a little chip Guys, I have been working 16-hour days for seven days this week. I feel delusional. Amen. <laughs> all right. So in there, we we did this a little bit around Christmas, but we're going to push in on this a little bit harder, okay? Number one, like we said, we're going to pray over everything we do. So number one, you're going to see a prayer card on top of there, okay? I want you to write seven people's names on there, and I want you to have this with you at all. This is yours. This is absolutely yours. This is for you to keep you are going to write seven names of coworkers, friends, families, not people that currently go here, people that don't go here, people that, that you have connection with that you want to see saved. And can I tell you something? Maybe even throw on there some of you don't want to see saved. Have you know we all got that person that you're like, man, if they'd come to my church, I'd quit that church. Right? I, I'm just being honest. There's a couple of those at my job. Uh, that if they come here, I may have to quit my job and quit, come here, uh, even as a pastor. But go ahead and put them on there. Have you know, the Bible says, even as we pray for our enemies, it reaps coals of fire on their head. So I want you to write seven people, and you don't have to do that right now, but write seven people on there that you want to see be saved. And I want, I want to pray with you over these. I want you to keep this with you. Put it in your car. Put it in your dashboard. Put it in your job. Put it wherever you see it. See it put it on your mirror every morning. Hopefully, you're brushing your teeth every morning. You'll see it every single morning. Uh, y'all can laugh. Goodness gracious, that was funny. Uh, put it right there. And as you're just brushing your teeth, say, God, I pray for Mary. I pray for Su- uh, Susie. God, she may have even done me wrong, but I pray for her, and I pray that she receives Jesus. I want you to pray for people, okay? I want you to do that. Number two, uh, the second thing is in there. It's called the friends and family invite. Um, if you have seven people that you would like for the church to invite and pray for, this is what this going to be. We're going to do this with you, okay? Um, and so, if you can do that, even right now, start writing. That'd be fantastic. Give us their name, their address, their email. We'll send them something very professional, excellent in the mail uh, that will invite them to service here on March twentieth, twenty seventh, and April third. It's going to be a three week series called Hope Rising. And we will invite them. We will do the work for you. You ain't even got to do it. We will do the work for you and get it to them. So if you could do that, do that even as we're speaking. And I tell you what, we will get there. We will do this. And if you can get this to one of our frontline people, Brian, uh, Sandy, Cheryl, somebody, and uh, that'd be fantastic. Number three, it's called Let's Take a 30 Minute Mission Strip. It's all self explanatory, it's going to tell you. uh, take five minutes and do this, ten minutes and do this, five minutes and do that, five minutes and do another thing. And if you'll do these things, I'm telling you, we saw an increase at Christmas time because people went bonkers doing this. And next week, I'm going to talk about the power of inviting, and we will focus more on that. Everybody that did not get a book I know everybody doesn't know about our books, but we have books that go into the area called Hope Rising. And they're like personal um, uh, stories, very professionally done. And they go, they literally get mailed in the mail. Everybody will get those next week if you don't have one. And what I want you to do is get on Facebook. I want you to have that little book, hashtag Hope Rising, make a little selfie, tag wherever you're at, and, and say, I hope you come to Easter at One Life. Simple as that. And I'm telling you this: as we do those things, I'm telling you we'll see an impact in this region. Because you know what I found out: there's a power in unity. The Bible says, "Where people are unified, there is a commanded blessing on top of it." And have you know? Listen, we may not be the biggest in number, but if we take all seventy of us and we get on one page, have you know the community starts taking it? They start taking it. Why are all them people taking selfies with books down there? What in the world is that crazy stuff about? Oh, that's that church with the banner on fr- on the front of the church. Did y'all see that coming in? If you didn't see it, look on the way out. There's a huge billboard on the front of the church now, and, and it's all hope rising. Amen? Also, listen, I'm going to ask you to do another thing. That's your prayer. That's your invite. But number three, I'm going to ask you to serve. Listen, if you're not serving currently, and there's, there's a lot of us that are, but there's a whole lot of us that are not. Listen, for those that are not, I want to encourage you to do that for the next eight weeks. That's all, it's all you got to do is for eight weeks. No more pressure than that. No more pressure. All you do is do it for eight weeks, as much as you can, as much as you can give to God. And after service, there's going to be our team leaders out front. Hey Rob, can you come up here and play so I don't feel so insecure about everything I'm doing? People are just looking at me like, what are you talking about? Um Okay. So after service, there's gonna be the I really am not insecure, I promise you. I'm just, just being stupid. Okay, so there's gonna be serving leaders out here in the front, and they want to encourage you to get signed up. That if all you can do, have you know we all have a gift to do something? We all have a gift. Some people's gift is just naturally smiling. I love those people because I'm not that person. Some people are naturally gifted at helping with children. Some people are naturally gifted that, listen, you say, you know what? I don't know how to do nothing else but just help clean. You heard the cleaning person say that. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) Uh, Listen, you might be gifted at that. You know, I found out even if you ain't gifted, everybody can swing a mob. And nobody likes doing that, but can I tell you something? You're blessing the kingdom. I'm not not selling you on that this morning. I'm not a good motivational speaker. I don't do that junk. But I am telling you this. Everything you do in the kingdom, God will reward you abundantly. Abundantly. Can I say something to you? Do you remember when The the nation of Israel lost the Ark of the Covenant. David went and got it. And they didn't know what to do with it because they couldn't bring it back to Israel. So they said, Obed-Edom, can we put it in your house? Can I tell you what most of us would have done? David, where in the world do you want me to put this huge Ark at? Or, really, you want me to... Hold the presence of God. I can't be responsible for that. You know how bad my kids spill Kool-Aid. You know, little Johnny's gonna spill Kool-Aid over on the Ark of the Covenant. And he's gonna mess with Aaron's staff. I mean, could you imagine Judah running to the house with the staff of Aaron? <laughs> and we'd say, "No, I can't. I can't do that." But can I tell you what happened? As he opened up his home. God said he blessed it like the nation of Israel for three straight months. Can I tell you something? If you've been looking for God to bless you or you just want to be a blessing back to God, open yourself up to God. Can I tell you something? I don't know where I'd be if i all I've ever been is a willing vessel. I'm not even that talented. I'm not even that good at what I do. But I remember as a kid, 14 years old, standing in Dallas, lifting my hands, saying, God, here am I. Lord, use me. God, I'm not that good at things. I'm really actually shy. I'm introverted. God, I, but use me. Whatever that is. And I always made an effort just to show up. I would show up when nobody else would. You see, listen, I, it ain't that I love the church so much. I love God that much. And I said, God, just use me use me. And you know what he's done? He's blessed me. He's blessed me in my marriage. He's blessed me with children that love God. He's blessed me financially. I'm not telling you I'm Donald Trump and thank God I'm not because that fool was crazy. But he pays my bills. He pays my bills and he gets me by and, and he makes my wife love me even when she shouldn't. He makes my kids raise their hands and worship even when I've been a bad father. You know why? Because I'm willing to give to the kingdom. Stand with me today. My question is to you, are you willing to stretch yourself? Can I point out something, Rob, and you won't get mad at me? Okay. Do you guys all see this, this sheet on the wall? Hey Rob, flip that off real quick. Flip the light off for me. Y'all, y'all about to see something y'all never seen before since we've had this open. Do y'all see how smooth that looks? Do you see no imperfections in that? And we stretched that thing, and stretched that thing, and stretched that thing, and did it. Can I tell you something? You've been stretching yourself behind closed doors as much as you know how to stretch. Flip the light back on. But every time the light gets on you, this is what you still see. You still see seams. You still see flawed. You still see. Rob, I promise you do a oh, fantastic job. This is not. I'm using it as an example. You still see something that's not. Can I say something? Every time you look in the mirror, you see something that's. God, I can't be used for God. God, how in the can I tell you something? Don't get mad at me, but I'm going to say it anyhow. But even if you cuss yesterday, God can still use you. Even if you did the wrongest sin, God can still use you. And if you don't believe me, open up the Bible. He used murderers and cheaters and cussers. And drunks. He used a drunk to save the whole world, Noah. But we think we got to be perfect. And can I tell you something? This is what we're afraid of. If I do it, the light will be on me and people will see my flaws. But can I tell you something? You got a pastor that loves you despite your flaws. And I'm telling you this. If Brian talks about you and says, I heard you cuss yesterday. You come tell me I'll deal with Brian. Cause ain't nobody in this room perfect. We're just willing to serve Jesus. So all you imperfect people, just like me, run to that table and get signed up. And I'm telling you this: God's gonna use you. He's gonna stretch you. He's gonna bless you. Amen. And maybe all you can do is just throw in a little bit of hand. Listen, just sign up. You ain't even gotta think about it. We'll work out all the details later. All right. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. God, we praise you.
1: Father, I magnify you. God, I
0: thank you so much for your presence today. God, I thank you, God, for who you are. <laughs> God, I thank you, God, for using us in perfect people, God. God, to work in a perfect kingdom, in a perfect place for you. Father, I thank you, God, that your grace and your mercy is much more than who we are. Thank you for stretching us and making us more than who we are. Father God, I'm asking you, God, for, for those that are given for the kingdom, God, I'm asking you, God, to bless them. Press down, shaking together, running over, God. Every bit of their time, give it back to them. Every bit of their talent, give it back to them. Every bit of their treasure, give it back to them, God. Bless them coming in and going out, the head and not the tail, the lender and not the borrower. God, I believe that you are blessing, One Life Church. Jesus. God, you are going to make us the lender and not the borrower. God, I believe that we will never be a church that begs or tries to sell God to make. But God, will be a, a giving church. A serving church. Father, I thank you and I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. And so can I say something? One more thing. Everybody can do this. In our life groups, we've been pushing on March 19th here in the city of Nitro, the Easter egg hunt. I know you heard that. But um, we're going to combine efforts with the city of Nitro and help with their Easter egg hunt. Listen, I don't want to be a church that competes with nobody. Why not work with one of the biggest Easter egg hunts that's already doing it? And can I give you all a little hint? They have no volunteers helping them. But you know what happens when 80, 90 of us show up with the exact same shirt on? It looks like our event anyhow. It looks like One Life is doing a huge Easter egg hunt. And they paid for everything. All we had to do is show up help. Listen, if you're not part of a life group but you want to help with that, there's going to be a sign-up out there. Please, everybody, sign up for that. And that's going to be on March 19th. It'll just take a few hours of your time on that Saturday. It's going to be wonderful. We're going to be a blessing to this community. Amen? Because that's what we want to be. We don't want to be a taker to this community. We want to be a blessing to this community. That's right. You can give God some praise right there. But don't just run out. Go get signed up. And we love you. We'll see you next week. Amen?